The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today is an opportunity for you to make a difference. Can you do that? Can you find a way to make a positive difference in your world today? Can you change something inside of you, some part of you, so that when you make that change, you spread that change out. It reverberates out from you into the lives of the people around you. And even beyond that, because every time you touch someone, they begin to change too. So it carries through many, many, many layers. See, no matter what the change is that you make, it does reverberate through the lives of the people around you. And it doesn't matter how small. It can be something simple, like deciding to smile on the inside all day long. And that will make an incredible difference. So for this hour, I'm asking you to please really listen. You've created this world that you live in. So if there's something in this world that you live in that you don't like, how can you change it? How can you change the things that you want to change? Yes, you. How can you change? Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. Not your circumstances or the things around you or your environment. Just you. You can share information with other people. That's part of changing your vibration. But ultimately, the only person you can really change is you. You're the person that you are responsible for. And you are the person that makes a difference. Not by telling other people what to do, but by taking action in your world and within yourself. Yeah, I know. You're busy. I'm busy. We are all very busy. We choose busy. We specialize in busy. But busy can feel good, and it can mean we're distracted. It can mean that we're not following our goals. It can mean that we're not appreciating the things around us and the people in our life. Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? What choices do you make in your world? 
When you make a decision as to how to spend your time, do you think it through? Do you think of the impact that that decision will make? Do you think of how it touches the lives of the other people in your world? And how do you touch the lives of the people you meet? I'm talking about those casual encounters that really aren't all that casual. I'm talking about the people that you see at work every day. And maybe you smile or maybe you say hello, but you don't really know them. You make a difference in their lives. So are you creating sunshine wherever you are? Are you a bright and shining light? Let's start by making our own sunshine. What are you grateful for today? This morning, I am grateful for the miracle of homeopathy that reversed a migraine that I had earlier this week. I've forgotten how quickly and effectively that works for my body and how much my body appreciates that very subtle intervention to help it come back into balance. And I'm grateful also for the evidence of the law of attraction, both positive and negative, to remind me of just how powerful our minds really are. And this morning I was blessed with at least one cat hugging my neck just to say good morning and hello. And of course, as is usual for when I'm doing this radio show, I have two, nope, three cats helping with the show this morning. All of them making sure that I tell you just the right message. Now, my my idea this morning is to talk about overwhelm. That's right. It seems to be a common theme recently, both in my own life and in my friends, my clients. I'm just seeing a lot of that feeling coming through the door. And also I'm experiencing that feeling of overwhelm. And I wondered if maybe that's a common theme in many places of the world right now. Things that seem too big, things that seem to be too much, and just a feeling that you're behind wherever you're supposed to be. Well, what I'd like to do is to start out with kind of a definition. And maybe that definition isn't the one that you think of. See, I'd like you to think of overwhelm not as an adjective, not as a description of what's happening, but as a verb. That's right, an action that you are taking. I started out saying you've created the world that you live in. Okay, I want to really take that a little bit further. Every thought, every idea, every concept within your own mind is creating a vibration that emanates out from you and attracts something like it back. So the more that you worry, the more that those worries come to you in some way, shape, or form. The more that you focus on the negatives, the more that negatives come back to you. Now, that's not just some metaphysical concept. That is also how our brains are wired. You see, whatever we focus on, our brain looks for more of. Whatever we think about, our brain seeks out in some way. So the things you think about the most are the things that come back to you. And when we are talking about overwhelm as an action, not a description, 
consider that overwhelm is something that you create, something that comes from you, reverberates out, and then is reflected back. It's as simple as if you keep saying to yourself, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I can't catch up, your brain will seek out more of so busy and can't catch up. And that's how your brain is wired. You see, it's wired to look for the things you're already focused on. It's wired to reflect and point out or pick out items that you're already thinking of. You've done this before. You decide on a new car that you want to buy, and all of a sudden, everywhere you look, that car is on the road. You started to think about a particular item, and your brain began to recognize it. It's that simple. So when you start to focus on overwhelm, you do become more overwhelmed. You create more overwhelm in your life. Okay, so if we are responsible for our lives and the world that we create, what do we do that starts that spiral of overwhelm? Well, first of all, I think it starts with fatigue. At least it does for me. If I am overtired, if I've gone too many days short on sleep, or even sometimes all it takes is one day that I'm short on sleep, and I feel less able to cope, to take in information, to problem solve, I feel more overwhelmed. I feel more sensitive, in a way, to the things that come into me. Now, I don't know exactly why fatigue will do that. You know, some people can go on short sleep and they're fine. Perhaps you're one of those people. I don't know. And for me, sometimes in my life, I can do just that. A little shortness of sleep doesn't bother me in the least. I still feel good. I still know what I'm doing. I still can keep my brain thinking clearly, and I'm fine. And other times, just a little bit of lack of sleep, and I seem to not find my way out of a paper bag. Do you know, it really depends on a lot of other things that probably we don't have an awareness of, subtleties like hormone balance and food and nutrients, all of those things that, you know, we wouldn't be able to know exactly what's going on. Our conscious mind can't keep up with all of that. But just, let's say, for the sake of argument, that it starts with some form of fatigue or some form of a physical challenge. For people in chronic pain, that can be enough. And the next thing that happens is that We let our routine slip. We don't exercise quite as much or we don't exercise at all. We don't do the things that keep us organized. We don't follow the routines that work for us. We let the food be different or the foods that we know aren't the best for our energy. The foods that maybe taste good but don't nourish us. And again, we let those things slip, and sometimes it's so subtle. It's something we don't notice until we look back and go, oh yeah, that's 
I haven't been out on my exercise routine for hmm, fill in the blank how many days. You know, sometimes it can be something that's not so subtle. It can be um, receiving unexpected news, something that shocks you, or a crisis might happen. And I've even experienced, as I think this this cycle for me is, is a kind of a post-vacation re-entry overwhelm. You know, you go from a very slow pace back into that high-energy, rapid pace, and sometimes there's a little resistance to that. Sometimes, you know, we don't, psychologically, we don't want to do that yet. We don't want to be back from vacation. We want to um, live a different life than perhaps what we're living right now. And so there is an internal conflict about our routine and therefore our energy. So it can start from many different places. But once it starts... There is a spiral that's um, pretty predictable in the act of overwhelm. There are commonalities to overwhelm. You know, the, the themes that kind of when I talk with people is people have, like I've said, I've, I've seen um, many clients this week all saying kind of the same thing in terms of being overwhelmed. And I direct them back to it's not a state of being it's an action it's not a description it's an action you take and what they describe is perhaps having too many things to focus on at one time so um, it's a sense of having too many plates spinning in the air all at the same time you know that feeling you've done it perhaps you're doing it right now having too many expectations that are unmet And by that I mean expectations of other people. You expect other people to step up. You expect other people to pitch in. You expect other people to take an action that they don't take. And you are disappointed. And then you are angry. And then you develop a resentment. That overwhelm, that all came from you. Some people have a a theme within their overwhelm of just having too many obligations for the available time. And once again, you know, we do that. We choose how we fill our time. We choose what we say yes and what we say no to. And so, yes, we may have taken on too many obligations. And it may have been, again, a very subtle, subtle change. It's not that you have to shut everything down and say, okay, I can't do any of this and I'm just going to walk away. It's not that at all. The the solution isn't in just avoiding. We'll talk later about what the solution is. But that sense of overwhelm can come from having lots and lots to do and having lots of obligations, things that we feel we have to do, that are non-negotiable, that we have to do them. But woven into that, is a self-imposed expectation. And that self-imposed expectation might be the bottom line for all of what we're talking about. Because that self-imposed expectation might be unrealistic in the context of the moment. In other words, you might have a certain standard that you hold yourself to, and that's fine. But sometimes... The circumstances, the obligations, the requirements around us change. 
And we can't always meet those particular expectations for ourselves, those particular standards. I love to use my kitchen floor as an example of that. You know, I like my kitchen floor to be clean. And it's, you know, it's a, a tile that has a white background. So it's noticeable on rainy days when it's muddy. It's noticeable when the cats have tracked in and out. It's noticeable when it's just, hmm, I've been working in there and, you know, things happen on kitchen floors. It's noticeable. I like my kitchen floor to be clean. But in the greater scheme of things, if my kitchen floor is clean or not, doesn't really affect eternity. But it can, and I do do this to myself, it can aggravate me. It can feel like the symbol of my overwhelm because it's not clean and because I can't seem to get to it and because it, in my mind, takes so long. Yeah, sometimes things take longer in our minds than in actuality. But it is not the act of cleaning my kitchen floor that is the issue that I'm talking about. It's the expectation in my mind about that kitchen floor that perhaps in a particular moment is unrealistic. I had lots of other things that were much higher on my priority list this week than the kitchen floor. Did I get upset about it early in the week? Absolutely, because I was overwhelming myself. I was in overwhelm. Did I find a way to just slip in there and get it done? Yeah, but not till today. Because I was working through, as perhaps you are too, that whole process of overwhelm. You know, when we create in our minds an expectation that doesn't match the priorities that we have, we very easily move ourselves into that spiral of overwhelm. And again, it can start with fatigue. But where it ends up is that we let go of the things that keep us healthy, keep us clear in our thinking, that keep us in our sense of power. So we might let go of things like our exercise routine or our self-care routine, whatever that is for you, because we think we don't have the time. And that's the wrong approach. Do you see that's backwards? We take care of ourselves first so that we are always energized and in our power. Then, no matter what crisis comes up, we're ready. So when you are thinking about overwhelm in your life, what I'm asking you to do right now is to think about how you do that. What is the process that you take that puts you into overwhelm? We'll continue talking about this when we come back from break. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. 
Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our topic is overwhelm. And I'm describing overwhelm not as a description, not an adjective, but a verb. How do you overwhelm yourself? So we talked a little bit about those common themes and we talked a little bit about the spiral that happens, how we let go of the wrong things. Let me talk a little bit about the symptoms of overwhelm because I think that's important for you to recognize that sometimes what's really happening in your mind is that you are in overwhelm and you're trying to address a different problem. So sometimes that feeling, that excessive fatigue, and I'm not talking about, you know, one evening where you're just too tired to live and you go to bed early. That's fine. I'm talking about kind of a progressive, maybe more than a week, where you just feel like you're dragging and you can't get any interest in your life. Maybe that's a symptom of overwhelm. Sometimes physical illness, like out of nowhere, why did I get sick? Or a sense of feeling sick, not really being sick. Um, you know, that can be something like your muscles ache or your body is, is tired. You feel like you're coming down with something you don't really think you are. Or you actually do create a physical illness because you haven't given yourself permission to address the overwhelm. You haven't given yourself permission to return to your self-care routine. We do this all the time to ourselves. You know, if we have difficulty saying yes to our own needs and instead we deny ourselves the right to sleep, to eat well, to exercise, to relax, if we deny those things to ourselves, eventually our body will create a situation so that we can have that. So again, that can be a symptom of overwhelm. The emotional meltdowns, you know, feeling like you just can't cope and the whole world is like coming down around your ears and you just lose it, whether that's in tears or anger or whatever it comes out as, that emotional meltdown is kind of a response to a sense of overwhelm. The other side of that, the inability to make a decision. 
feeling paralyzed, feeling like you can't go forward, feeling like you can't figure out what to do next. Now, I like ways to keep myself organized, and I find that when I have lots and lots and lots to do, if I do not organize myself, I will sit and accomplish nothing because I don't know what to do. You see, the overwhelm kind of fogs the brain because overwhelm is is physiologically very much like an adrenaline response. It kind of physiologically perhaps is not quite the same, but it is a sense of being that things are more than what we can cope with. And in many ways, that paralysis is one of the three responses that adrenaline creates in a body. It is fight, flight, or freeze that is the response to an adrenaline rush in the body. So if we are running on adrenaline, there comes a point when our body simply responds with a freeze with a stop, with a paralysis. So the inability to make a decision can be a symptom of overwhelm. The desire to sleep for days, you know, to just go cocoon somewhere, or the desire to eat anything and everything that doesn't run away from you, especially if it's sweet or um, one of the, the list of comfort foods, you know, the high-carbohydrate kinds of things, the high-gluten um, I'm sorry, the high glycemic index kinds of things, the high sugary things. Uh, some people um, look for high fat things, and those are all often responses to feeling overwhelmed. Once again, you're seeking comfort, you're seeking something that's soothing, rather than going underneath that and saying, what am I doing to create this feeling of overwhelm? Escape fantasies. You know, you know what an escape fantasy is. That's when you say to yourself, I am going to run away from home, change my name, and no one will ever find me. You know that feeling. I had a brother-in-law who used to say that he would, he was just going to go live in a cave. Um, I know other people who just have this, you know, kind of escape fantasy for a moment of, you know, going to some tropical island living on a beach and having no one ever you know locate them again no internet no phone no nothing that's an escape fantasy and i see it as a clear indicator of overwhelm that is the brain trying to find a way to be calm in the middle of a storm And there is nothing wrong with that. All I'm saying to you is it's a symptom. It's a red flag. It's a sign that in some way, something in your world is not making sense and you can't figure a way out of it. Now, sometimes that's a very appropriate response. Escape fantasies, again, are not bad things. Escape fantasies can be very, very healthy for you, especially if you're in the midst of something that is just really, really crazy or really can be overwhelming. You know, when you're in the midst of a sudden acute illness that is, you know, comprehensive, when you're in the midst of some kind of an emotional crisis that you simply have to get through, that's okay to use your mind to go somewhere on vacation. Perfectly okay and very healthy. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is that sense of wanting to run away, 
that can be a symptom of overwhelm. Well, here's what I'd like you to move into is if you can identify overwhelm, then you can access resilience. So if you can become consciously aware of overwhelm as a state that you are in, then you have the choice to look within to find whatever is there underneath that overwhelm and you can create a new response. Do you see, overwhelm gives us the opportunity to use our resilience, to use our strength, our power, and to demonstrate to ourselves that we are more powerful than we can even imagine. So once you have identified that you are in a state of overwhelm, here's your chance. Think first in terms of you have the power to have created overwhelm, therefore you have the power to resolve overwhelm. So if you've created this state, how do you shift it? into something that's positive for you. Let's talk about the steps to get out of overwhelm. All right, so first of all, always, always start with the physical. Start with your physical body. Make sure that if you are in overwhelm, give yourself permission to sleep just a little bit more. A little bit of sleep, even an extra hour, can mean so much in terms of your brain's ability to problem solve, your brain's ability to kind of get ahead of all of the information that's coming in and to make sense of things. So start with the sleep. Sleep a little bit more. Go to sleep a little bit early. Give yourself a little extra time in the morning, however it works for you. I don't know what your schedule is. Make it work. Make sure that you Eat in a way that is the best for your system. So eat the foods that you know will fuel energy for you. And if you don't know what those are, it's time to learn. I'll give you a hint. It's probably not the processed foods. It's probably not the high sugar foods. It's probably not the breads, the pastas, or the cheese are the high-fat things like potato chips or other kinds of salty snacks. It's probably not any of those. It probably is a very basic diet of healthy proteins and vegetables and some fruit. It's probably a diet that is balanced to your energy output. I don't know specifically for you what that is, but it's time for you to figure that out. It's also time for you to figure out if your pattern of eating is working for you. Because if your blood sugar drops too low, if you go too many hours without eating, it affects how you process information and it affects how you think and whether you can problem solve. So those are the basics. It's also important for you in terms of physical, to look around you 
at your physical environment. Why? Because the things around you impact you, whether you recognize it or not. If your environment is very, very cluttered, that's probably contributing to your sense of overwhelm because your brain has to take in all of that visual stimulation. And you may also be assigning that clutter a meaning that is overwhelming for you because that clutter may signify work that needs to be done. I had the occasion to visit a friend of mine this week who um, had a um, had a bit of an emergency in her house um, just within the last few weeks, and you know it was just it was a water emergency. A toilet overflowed while no one was home. It flooded everything. Multiple rooms have been damaged, and obviously the response when they discovered it and there were inches of water in the house. Um, was one of an, a, an extreme emergency, like gather up all the stuff and move it everywhere. And, you know, that is an emergency. You have to respond to that. But right now, everything's under construction. As they do the cleanup, as things are, are being repaired and restored. So, you know, there are stacks of things everywhere in her house. Now, to her credit, she did not apologize. It was beautiful. She simply said, this is how it is, and she was at peace with, this is how it is. She was initially, I am sure, feeling overwhelmed. In fact, at times, she's still frustrated because she's not quite sure what pile of things to locate things when she wants them. That clutter is is contributing to her sense of overwhelm, her sense of not being in charge of things, because she's not quite sure, she's not organized. So if you have an environment, and that's, a, that's an emergency, you see her resilience is there just to get her through that, it will be over, and she's telling herself it will be over. So she's already reframed it in a way that is easy for her to cope with. That's part of the steps of getting out. But start with the details. Look around at the clutter. What can you do differently about that? What can you take just a few minutes and put away, file, or sort? I am a great believer in those little eight-minute increments. I love eight-minute solutions because eight minutes doesn't seem like it's a whole bunch of time. And I can find eight minutes quite a few times in my day. So in eight minutes, what can I get done? Well, you know, I can get a bit of filing done in eight minutes. I got my kitchen floor swept and, and mopped this morning. It's clean in eight minutes. That's right. You can find eight minutes to get little tasks done and not really overwhelm your schedule, not get off on your schedule. You can find eight minutes. It's there. So start with the details. If the clutter is something that is visually overwhelming for you. If the clutter gives you a sense of there's too much to do, then it's the clutter that you have to start with. Put things away, tuck things into a file, knowing that mark the file with what you have to do with it, make a list, take care of the things that can be done quickly and get them out of the way. One of the things that happens to us in overwhelm is that 
we put things off that ordinarily we used to do because our mind is saying it's too much, it's too much, it's too much. Instead, say, it's just one thing, I can get it done. It's just one thing, I can do this. You see, you're changing your frame of reference. You're changing your perspective. So start with those details and clear the clutter in whatever way is right for you. Then move to the priorities. What's the most important thing that has to be taken care of? Sit down, take a few minutes to schedule yourself to the things that are important. Really, it's not just about making a list of what to do. It's about prioritizing that list and what's the fastest thing for me to do and also what's the most important thing for me to do. See, sometimes you'll take care of little things because they're fast. And sometimes you'll put all the little things aside and work on the one big thing that has the most impact. You know, there are schools of thought on both of those. I don't care which one you do. Just do it. And that would be another point. Take an action. Do something. In fact, do anything. Just do something. Remember that that brain state in an adrenaline rush, we go to fight, flight, or freeze. If we have a freeze reaction, the only way out, the only way to get your brain back is to take an action. Do something. Do something. And it really doesn't matter what, but take an action. That action for you might be something simple. It might be something huge. I don't know. But it, if you think of it in terms of just one step forward, moves you into resilience. I used to be a rock climber. When we'd put people on the rock, we'd take friends with us, put them on the rock. Sometimes people would get up and they'd not recognize until they were up on the rock that they had a little bit of a fear of heights and they would freeze. And to get them down, what I would ask them to do is to reach up one more hold and then I'd let them down. It was the action of going up, of taking the action that got their brain back in gear, that got their brain to respond to, I'm okay, I can do this, and to access their own power. So think of it in terms of that. When you are creating overwhelm, taking an action, whatever that action might be, is important in getting out of that state of overwhelm. So, we've talked about overwhelm, and we'll have a little bit more discussion when we come back from break. And so you're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. 
You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. We've been talking about the, the concept, the topic of overwhelm and Taking that word from an adjective to a verb, how do you overwhelm yourself? How do you create overwhelm in your world? And yes, I am sure that it is you that is creating overwhelm. As much as you want to put it on everybody else, and as much as you would like to say all these circumstances around me cause me to be overwhelmed, that is not true. And you know it's not true because you know that sometimes those things don't bother you and other times they do. And it's the times when it does bother you that I want you to evaluate it. I want you to look at your world and see what it is that you interpret from that world that then becomes a state of overwhelm for you. You see, when you can figure out what that is, you have the choice to let it go until you know what it is. You're stuck on that hamster wheel. So I'm asking you to evaluate the world that you've created. Yes, you have created this world that you are in. So be honest. First of all, if there's, if there's a sense of overwhelm, what I would suggest is that you look at what it is that you are resisting. Something isn't right for you. Something feels out of sorts, out of balance. What is that thing that you are resisting? Sometimes it's a thing that you know you have to do. Sometimes it's a step in your personal growth that uh, might be a little uncomfortable. Okay, that's fine. But know that that's what it is. Rather than allowing yourself to become stagnant, to stop, to be paralyzed and immobile. Let yourself be aware that it is simply a response to something that, as of yet, isn't terribly comfortable. You know, it's like the seed pushing through the soil. It has to push its little head through there and pop out. But without that action, without that discomfort, that beautiful tree cannot be born. So what is it that you are resisting and why are you resisting it? What is it about that 
item, that circumstance, that decision that you are resistant to. Do you see, once you know what it is, once you know why you're responding, and perhaps you don't know why you're responding, perhaps you can't get to that, but almost always it comes back to you're afraid of something. It's a fear, and it taps into sometimes our deepest fears. But once you recognize that, then you have choice. Do you see? Then you can consciously problem solve. Then you can consciously come to terms or resolve whatever that is. So then you can look at what are the choices that you have. And you see, in identifying the choices, you have the opportunity to change your perspective, to change your thoughts, to change how you look at this. Remember what I said about when we take friends to go climbing and I would ask them when they would freeze, just reach up, grab one more handhold, or just push up with your one foot a step higher than where you are, just to demonstrate that you can do it. In that moment of taking action, in that moment of moving forward, their mind changed their perspective changed. And sometimes there was a recognition that they could do this, a sense of power. Very often, I didn't bring them back down off the wall. They would keep going. But it was the action that changed their thinking, changing the thought, changing the perspective. That's a way out of overwhelm. Well, what about the spiritual opportunity that you have once you've created overwhelm. (laughs) Do you ever think of overwhelm as being a spiritual activity? I know when I'm in overwhelm, I'm not thinking it's all that spiritual. I'm thinking it's more like slogging through the muck. But it is spiritual. Do you see, when you allow yourself to first of all change your thoughts and access your inner power, You are moving into a different state of being. You're changing, physically changing your vibration. You are literally changing how you reverberate in your world. And by doing that, you now have the opportunity to transcend into the spiritual. So look at what's the lesson that you can learn from this experience that you've just had. As you look back at how you created overwhelm and how you made decisions that resulted in perhaps too many obligations or too many ways of scattering your energy or just that something came about, some crisis occurred, some unexpected news, maybe even a medical diagnosis, that's okay. But what lesson can you learn from that? That's the first step into that spiritual realm. You see, because you're taking yourself to a higher state of being. You're taking yourself to a higher perspective. It's as if you are lifting yourself up above yourself and looking down at you as you fit into the picture, the jigsaw puzzle of your life, and you're able to see with clarity how all of this fits together. So perhaps it's that you are repeating a pattern. 
and you haven't quite gotten the lesson yet of the pattern. So look at that. Is this a common theme? Do you do this at other times? Have you done this at other times? How many times have you been in this place of overwhelm? I'll bet it's not the first time, is it? Of course not. So you might look back over your own timeline, across your life, and see the many times that you have created overwhelm. When you can do that, you can look at the theme, you can look at the pattern, and now you have choice in what you do this time in breaking that pattern. Perhaps you can also view this experience of overwhelm as preparation. That's right. What skill are you learning right now in this experience of overwhelm and getting out of overwhelm that prepares you for something greater? You know, ages ago I had a client who um, was very, very cautious about the kinds of things that she took on. Very cautious, not wanting to do too much, not wanting to be too overwhelmed, not feeling like she could share too much of herself. And I suggested one day to her that she could do a little more, that she had more within her to give to her world. It was interesting to watch because with that, she seemed to give herself permission to try a little bit more, to do a little bit more, to be a little more open to opportunities that came her way. And it was beautiful to watch as she blossomed into a lovely, beautiful, giving human being that shares herself easily and effortlessly and with great care and concern. Because she was able to look at that place where she felt overwhelmed see herself in a different way, see herself in a different light, and give herself permission to use that as preparation for something beyond what she could even imagine at that time. So what skill are you learning that prepares you, that's right, prepares you for something greater? How does this experience fit into the greater balance of the world You know, we all live in our own world and we all think that the world is just the people around us or the just the places that we are. And yet every one of us is like a single cell in our bodies. We live within the context and the energetic environment of a much greater being than we can really comprehend. We all are affected by each other. When we take our own balance and energy seriously, when we are aware that everything we do has an impact on many other people, some of whom we don't even know, it changes how we take our little day-to-day actions. When you recognize that everything you do matters, Every decision you make, every thought you have carries a vibration that affects someone else somewhere in this world. Then it puts a greater obligation, a greater responsibility on you to be 
diligent in how you tend to your own mind, your own body, and your own spirituality. See, when you recognize that you fit into the greater balance of the world and that you do make a difference, the thoughts you think, the actions you take, the words you speak all carry a vibration. So we've come from today in this topic, starting with overwhelm and moving into spirituality, moving into the transcendence to your experience creating a positive or negative vibration in the world around you. All right. You have an obligation today. You've just learned something, I hope, or perhaps you've been reminded of something you already knew. So now let's look at your world. Today, where are you? Who do you interact with today? Who will you see? How will you impact them? Can you stay conscious long enough to hear the words you speak, to see the way that you interact, and to feel the vibration of the people around you? Become aware of how you can shift a vibration by changing a word, um, by adding a smile, by creating a different thought from within yourself and knowing that that thought impacts the world around you. Can you do this? This is the bottom line of how you make a difference. This is your responsibility. This is your obligation to be a positive light in this world today, right now, this minute. How will you do this today? How will you create a new world for yourself? How will you choose to stop overwhelm and to move into a positive light, to being in your power, in your experience, and in your most glorious and beautiful self? How will you choose that today? See, I don't know what your world entails. I know what mine entails. I know who's on my schedule. I know who will come in to see me today. I don't know the other little serendipitous interactions I may have. But what I choose to do is to stay awake today. To recognize that I have sent out a vibration into this world and the world is just waiting to respond to my request. And when I hold that in my mind, I know the world will respond to me. I'm asking you to do the same thing today. So let's make this a day where we create a new positive light in the world around us. Let's make this day a day that we truly can say, I made a difference. Even if I don't know what that difference is, I made a difference. Go out there, make it a great day. You truly deserve it. 
Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.